time you can write back to me. But um, yeah, a kid in my shoes definitely lived with Sesame, and he was and, and he was sharing pretzels with a friend at a game or something, at like a DRS ball game or something, and um, he he sensed on his tongue that that it was uh, that it was Sesame. So he immediately spit it out and washed his mouth out and whatever. His mother brought his EpiPen. His EpiPen in school is in the nurse's office, but it was at a game after school hours. It was locked. So he, he wanted to know if he has to bench Goma. And he was able to know. And he, and he had poison that can kill him in his mouth. Right. And he was but chewing he got, on it. But he got rid of it. He got rid of it. He ended up using the EpiPen, but like he, he was able to wait till his mother was able to bring it because he spit it out. So you want to know if you spend Gomos. What are you telling them? I, I went to the similar show. I, had, I was at a Shabbaton, a KY Shabbaton in some random place. And there was, I was eating a piece of kugel. And there was like a razor blade, a piece of razor blade. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I, was, I, I, I felt it. I bit on it. And, and I spit it out, obviously. But if I swallowed it, it would have been a suicide. And I asked for a chef, but he said that, that if you swallowed it, you were actually a sakana. But because you didn't actually swallow because it. Because you didn't swallow it, it was a sakana. Wow. Would this be different because having it in the mouth itself could, is already is already so that, right? That's always the question. Like, when do you define that you're in the sakana, and when is it like close call? Close call, you don't bench goma line. So you know, that's the old line they say from uh, I forgot who they quote on this, but they say, they, someone asked me once they were in um, they were in a place where where a car had come crashing through the the window. It was like a Hanukkah Wonderland thing that Chabad did in the five towns, and a car came crashing through the window. And someone asked, I was in that spot five minutes earlier, so do I bench Gomel? So the answer is no. They say the line that, like, you don't bench Gomel every time you put on your pants because it was in the washing machine just a few hours ago, and had I been in them, <laughs> like, it was in the washing machine. So you, you, don't, you don't go with the, the close call Gomel, but so what's called the close call? So I wasn't sure, so I, I, I wasn't sure what, you know, how to define it. You know, Moshe has the tshuva about the airplane. Moshe holds, even if it's not intercontinental travel, even if you're just going from... New York to Boston, you bench Gomel because you're 30,000 feet in New York to Boston, you're probably only about 25,000 feet in the air. Whatever however number of feet you are in the air, and it's inherently dangerous because without that cleave that's holding you, you would die. So he said that's, that's by definition you're inherently the dangerous. Same thing. If yeah. you're traveling I mean, 80 miles machine. down the highway without a car, then it's not going to be good. <laughs> right. So, so the, way Rabbi Bleich, the way Rabbi Bleich said it was. Uh, when you go on a Ferris wheel, you should have the bench coma. I think the Ferris wheel is different because it's attached to the ground, so it's just like going on a high floor of a building. But um, so, so some because someone was saying, well, he had an EpiPen, so he had the Rafua, so it's not. Is that, but I, I, I don't think you know. Yeah, you have the airplane also, but if that's an inherently dangerous situation, I don't think people generally pass like Rav Moshe anyhow on that. I think people generally pass like Rav Zalman and Rav Vadia say only if you travel overseas. Um, Rav Shechter doesn't even do it on that because he says overseas means like on the ocean not like 30,000 feet above the ocean Man, I thought that was an interesting shot I wasn't sure I had, my brother thought that, that he should not bench Gomel he thought that this is not a close enough call if the guy had sesame seeds in his mouth I thought it's, to me it seemed like his tongue was already tingling had he swallowed them he didn't have an pen handy had he swallowed them it could have been very very dangerous I don't know I thought that the sakana has already begun Rav Shechter was once driving with his wife I think when Yami got married they were driving to Toronto uh, because Yami's wife is from Toronto, and um, and 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 his wife was driving because Rav doesn't drive, and they like she fell asleep I think behind the wheel, and they they and she only woke up from like the rumble strip on the side of on the side of the road, and she asked him afterwards she woke up and she swerved back into the lane, 
And she asked him, should I bench Gomel? And, and, and he said, no, you were almost Pesachana, but it wasn't actually. So she's like, so I should die first and then bench Gomel? <laughs> <laughs> but but, but his, his Pesach was still, was still, uh, was still his Pesach. Um, all right, anyway, I thought that was an interesting one. But okay, let's, let's get to tonight. So I was, I, I'm going to have to leave a little bit early to, tonight. I want to get to Bamshad's wedding. Uh, there's a wedding tonight, so I just want to be able to dance with the chassan at the very end before he goes home. So if I get there by 11.30, I think I might be able to, uh, to catch him. Hopefully it's a Sephardi wedding, so I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that, that I can catch him at the end. It's Sephardi Misabi Kedushin, so the whole thing is being run Sephardi, so I think I can, I can catch him, hopefully. Uh, how long does it take to get to Williamsburg from here? Not so long, right? Yeah. Okay. So hopefully I'll be able to. But okay. Let's let's go through uh, a few a few questions tonight. We're going to do some choshen mishpat shailas, some dinim amnes shailas that uh, that came up. Um, uh, and uh, I, I always say when we talk about choshen mishpat, this is not really my comfort zone. Um, I don't really know choshen mishpat particularly well, so it's more of a conversation than me just giving a clear psak halacha. You know, unlike uh, other topics where it's easier for me to to just you know arrive at some sort of halacha. Conclusion. First, Shiloh was as follows: a um, a guy was going through his credit card statements, and he noticed that there was, you know, he he always has to check what his wife did, how much his wife spent, how much damage was done, and uh, my my wife was telling me just parenthetically, I don't do this. My wife's the accountant; she knows what she spends, and she's more frugal than I am because she's an accountant. That's like part of being an accountant is you got to be very frugal. So I, I, don't, I never had a, and I don't have to really do this. But uh, my wife was telling me that some women um, want to hide what they're spending from their husbands, so they come up with clever ways of, of, of hiding. Like uh, in, in many supermarkets, they'll sell like $10 gift, gift cards to like Nordstrom's or something. At the, so in the checkout line, when they're buying their groceries, they'll buy a $10 gift card each time. So he'll never notice it in the groceries, and then she accumulates like three hundred dollars of <laughs> Nordstrom gift cards, and she sort of sounds healthy, right? A good, a good way to have a relationship. So this guy was going through his bill, and he saw that there was a five hundred dollar uh, bill from the florist that they they had they paid five hundred dollars to a florist, and he doesn't recall his house being decked out in expensive flowers anytime recently. So he said to his wife what's going on? Why $500 for the florist? And she said, I, I don't even know. I can't even... He said, well, it's here. Let's, let's, should we call it? Is it a fraud? So she said, wait, wait, wait. I think this was from three months ago where a friend of ours made a bar mitzvah for their kid and I took up a collection amongst all the friends of the family. So everyone contributed $20 or whatever the number was. And we, we had collected... Um, enough money to buy flowers for the bar mitzvah, and that's what we did. As all the friends, we chipped in and we bought flowers for the bar mitzvah. But everyone gave me the cash, and I and I put it on our credit card. I don't know why it's coming three months later. That's what we did. And then she went back to her notes to look at, because she's a very organized woman. She's a teacher, and she's very very organized. And she went back to uh, to her notes, and she found that she had collected four hundred sixty dollars, not five hundred dollars. So she said, A, three months later is weird that they're first charging me three months later. And B, the, the number's off. It's, it's off by 40 bucks. So she called up the florist and she said, what's going on over here? And the florist said, oh, well, the number's not off. You called and said that you have $460 to spend on flowers. It's $460 plus $40 tax. That's $500. Um, and the reason we didn't, charge we didn't charge right away and we waited three months is that that's something nice we do for Balei Simcha. Whenever there's something that's being done for a Simcha, you're slammed with so many bills that around the time of a Simcha, 
that we, uh, we wait three months till we charge it, so that you could recuperate a little bit from the simcha. You could look at it the other way. You finally think you're out from under the simcha, <laughs> and then boom, comes a $500 charge, another, uh, another charge. For the, but that, that, they said, that's our store policy. That's a chesed that we do to wait three months. She said, you know, if I would have seen this, she said, I called you, I didn't say... I, I want to spend. Uh, I didn't say I want four hundred sixty dollars worth of flowers. I said that I collected from a group of friends four hundred sixty dollars for flowers. You're supposed to understand that that means that the extra forty dollars is not coming from nowhere. It's got to come from 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 that from that money. So if I collected four hundred sixty dollars for flowers, that's that's all I collected. So it has to include the tax. The guy said, "Well, we, what you think we're not going to charge tax? What kind of operation do you think we run?" No, I, I, I knew you were going to charge tax, but it should be included in the $460. So the florist said, I'll tell you what, well, what are we going to go to a basin over this? We're going to go to a court, you're going to sue? No, here's what you do. Go ask a rabbi, Yishayla, and whatever he tells you, I'm happy to do. So if he tells you that we keep it, we'll keep it. If he tells you to give it back, we'll be happy to give you back the $40. And totally trusted the woman to go uh, describe the case of the rabbi, because that's normally the hardest part when you get a dini mamna, Shaila, as we've discussed a few times in the past, is the, the first thing you have to do is say, I can't answer you, Dine Mamana's question. Both parties need, need to come to a Beisdin or to uh, someone who they trust to arbitrate the case at the same time where each one tells the story in front of the other one. But over here, the, the other party was mochel on their right to, uh, to a fair trial, to a fair hearing. And they said, just ask a Shaila, whatever it is, it's 40 bucks. Just ask a Shaila, and whatever they say is going to be fine. So that is Shaila number one. Shaila number two, there's a guy in my shul who works in... Uh, in real estate, and um, he's, I'm not sure exactly what he does, he works in Meridian, so he does uh, something real estate related, um, but he was asking about buying a bunch of, maybe he's really probably out with this, he was, he was asking about buying buying someone else's um, contracts, buying someone else's loans. So like, you know, a lot of times you do this when you, when you uh, take out a mortgage, let's say, so you borrow $200,000, $300,000 from the bank to pay your mortgage, and then you'll notice all of a sudden your checks aren't supposed to go to the same place anymore. The, not the, the, your checks aren't supposed to go to the place where you took out the mortgage, all of a sudden they're going to a different bank. So why, why, why would they go to a different bank? Because that bank bought all of these, all of these loans. So you buy like a, a, a chavila shel shtaros, uh, so to speak, like you buy a bundle of, of loans, and you collect with the interest, and you collect all the money. So you wanted to know, can you be involved in that, considering that some of those loans were probably made to Jews. It's New York, and there's a good, good reasonable chance that some of those loans were made to Jews, and they all have ribbons. They all, they, they, they all have, have interest on the loan. So is he allowed to buy such a thing? Or you, uh, you buy from a, from a credit company, um, and, you, and, and the credit company is interested in selling it off because they don't want to have have to go through the hassle of chasing after the people for the money. So you buy it at a discount and you get to bill them for, for all that money. So you want to know if that's a problem, if that's, if that's an issue, if, there's a, if he's allowed to engage in such a business. Then the third Shaila, this was a strange one, the, a, a guy who runs a business, a company, um, had an office manager for years, like 10 years. And the office manager's job was to be an office manager, take care of whatever the office needed. So he would order the toner and the paper and, you know, make sure the copy machine got fixed on time and run the whole office. And also, all the time, would order promotional products. So they have pens with the company name on it and little stress balls with the company name on it. You know, all those things land just gives you when you're in Israel. Yeah. So they, they, have, uh, they have all those things so uh, that they would order with the, uh, with the company name on it. And... Um, and he and he did that. He did a, he did it for like ten years, and then they fired him one day. They fired the office manager. So he fired for whatever reason. 
the office manager had gripes. He didn't think he should have been fired. He thought they owed him money. There was, uh, it wasn't the most, uh, when you fire somebody, generally it's not the most peaceful way of parting ways, but they fired the office manager. A couple of months later, he got a bill for uh, $1,000 from one of the promotional companies that they do business with that, they, that, that makes the promotional products for them, you know, that puts their name on the pens and, the, and, and, and he, he, got, he got a shipment of like, let's say, a thousand stress balls with, uh, with their company name on it and a bill for like a thousand dollars or whatever the, the number is. He's going to need the stress balls. What? Yeah, so he called, up, he called up the promotional company and he said, what's going on? I didn't order this. And he, he asked his new office manager, the new office manager said, I didn't order that. Uh, I never would have, you know, my first month on the job, I never would have ordered that. And he, uh, and, and he said, what's going on? They said, what are you talking about? Your office manager ordered it. He said, my new office, what new office manager? The guy, the guy that was fired wanted to stick it to the man. So he, he, uh, he knew that he had a relationship with the company. They always trusted him. They never asked him, document that you're still employed by that company. He always was employed by that company. He always got to speak. He always signed for everything. He was the one that placed all the orders. So he took advantage of it one last time. So this, this company now has, has these things they don't need. They can't give it back to the promotional company. They certainly don't need them. And they don't want to pay the $1,000. So now who's wrong over here? Obviously, the office manager is the one. Now, Hiltai, now, I'm just getting back the money that's really owed me. You really owed me that money. So I just took the law into my own, into my own hands. And all I did is I asked them for the, uh, you know, I placed an order. I didn't say that I was going to pay. I didn't. But the bottom line is no one wants to deal with that guy. The, the, the company wants to tell the, the promotional people, you deal with that guy. He placed an order with you, so bill him, don't bill me. The promotional people want to tell the company, he placed the order based on, based on you, based on his relationship with you. So you, want, you sue him, but we're, we want you to pay, us, to pay us this bill. So it's really a dispute between the promotional people and the company itself. Okay, so these are our three. So who's right is the question. I, I said that in my shir today to my 11th grade. So, like, so what's the question? The question is who's right. Okay, whenever you have a dispute in, uh, in money, that's, that's the, uh, the question. So these are the three questions with the flowers and the extra 40 bucks, with the uh, buying credit, buying, uh, bu- buying from a credit company, the chavos, the, uh, their, uh, their loans, and, um, and the office manager situation. Any one of these more intriguing than Third one is more intriguing? The first one. So in order to approach, let's say, that, uh, that, 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 first, that first question, the first one will take quick. I don't have that many more McComas on it. Um, in order to approach, I think there are three steps. First of all, you have to try to decide la halacha. It's, two, it's between two Jews. Uh, so you have to decide the halach, the flower, the flower shop is owned by a Jew, and the, uh, obviously the person who placed the order for the bar mitzvah is a Jew. So you have to decide the halach, who's correct, who's not correct over there. Um, then the second step is, what if we're not able to answer that first question? Then what do we do? What if we're not sure who's correct, who's not correct? And then the third question is going to be, um, even if the halacha has guidance on what to do if you're not correct, do we necessarily follow halacha in this case? Meaning, normally a monetary dispute between two companies, you always between two Jews, you'd always follow halacha. Maybe over here it would be different. So let's 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 start with number one. So first of all, who's correct by halacha? The woman said, "I called and I told you I collected four hundred sixty dollars from from friends to order flowers for a simcha. You should have known that that's all I have to spend. I don't have an extra forty dollars to spend. 
Flores says, when you tell me $406, I hear $460 that are coming to me for flowers. And what the government charges, that's their business. So who's correct? La What do you think? So it, it's really a Matthias issue. We, we have to go back to the recording, and there is no recording. So there's no way to really, to really know. Meaning, if she would have made it abundantly clear, like she says she did, she says she was as clear as possible that I collected from a group of people, we have a total of $460, then it's reasonable to assume the florist should have realized that if they collect from all those people. But the florist said, I didn't hear that. I just heard that you want $460 of flowers. And guess what? I gave you $460 of flowers. I didn't give you $420 of flowers. I gave you the full value of flowers, which she says that's a joke because once you're dealing with that, that amount of flowers, it's not really an exact science. You know, you're not really counting by the flower. They, uh, so she thinks that that's a joke to say that I gave you $460 rather than $420 of flowers. I don't know. I don't know enough about the uh, flower industry to tell you whether that's, uh, that's a joke or not. But, but that, and, and the florist said uh, an interesting title. They said, I'll, I'll bring you a raya that I didn't, that, that's not the message that I got from you. Because then I would have charged you right away. I gave you three months because I thought you were the Balsimcha. So I didn't think it was a, it was a collection. The whole, the whole Svaro, I always give three months, is to go easy on the Balsimcha. I don't need to go easy on the friends who spend 20 bucks. I go easy on the Balsimcha who's spending thousands and thousands of dollars. So I think at the end of the day, you just don't have enough information on, to, to determine who's correct and who's not. And, and therefore, right, right. People, they, they've done studies about this, about even like major events in your life that you remember, you don't really remember them as well as you think. Like if you actually, people have written like clear notes of what happened that day, and then they are asked to recall the same event three months later, and you compare, and it's not even, <laughs> it's like way off. And we're convinced, convinced that we remember things perfectly, but we don't. We remember things about as well as we remember our learning. <laughs> so, okay. so, so the, the, um, so, so, so the, the, if you don't know what to do, so what do you do in the halacha then? What's the halacha? Motsu mechavera la varaya. So who's the Motsu mechavera? What? Whatever the Rav said, but the Rav's going to say Motsu mechavera la varaya. I think that only, right? So who's who's trying to be Motsu mechavera over here? So the flor, the the woman is trying to get a forty dollar rebate. From the from the florist, right? So you say that's the Motsi Mechavero. Yeah, why not? So who has the money? So here's where it gets interesting because they both have the money. Why do they both have the money? The credit card company laid out the money. Isn't that how it works? Right? And then you have to pay the credit card company. Is that how it works? So the florist has already been paid. And I haven't paid them yet because I haven't paid. So I have a debt to the credit card company. Right, so which I can call and and, and issue a, uh, I can dispute the the claim. You lose on something like that. <laughs> so so first I thought that. Then they'll call the florist and they'll say, uh, they'll tell you about the charge and then they'll send back like a receipt or whatever. Right. Okay. So anyway, so so uh, so I thought that that in this case, um, like like you're saying that that if you. The, the credit card company um, laid out the money for you, but you've already paid it, meaning now you have a debt to the credit card. There are two separate transactions over here, and it has to be two separate transactions, otherwise it would be us to use credit cards because it's always ribbis. 
I mean, you, ha- you have to view it as two separate transactions. Your ribis is with the credit card company. The fact that you're paying interest, that's for a separate debt, that you're borrowing money from the credit card company to pay a person for what you're buying from them. The credit card company is, uh, is, is, is not paying the florist. It's that you're borrowing money from the credit card company and they're then serving as your shliach to pay the florist the money that you, and, and now you're in debt to the credit card company. And therefore, I thought it was a case of a motzi mechavera lafaraya. I asked Rav Shachter, he said, Davar Pashut, a motzi mechavera lafaraya over here. It would, uh, would very obviously be a motzi mechavera lafaraya and therefore the, uh, the florist gets, gets to keep it. Now, one could argue that there's another element over here and that is that when you sign up for a credit card, so you make all sorts of agreements when you sign. I agree to all those things that I didn't read. So you, you agree to everything that you didn't read about, that you, that, 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 you know, the way, a credit card, the way a credit card works. It could be that when you do a transaction with a credit card, it's an implicit mechila on the part of both, not mechila, an implicit understanding on the part of both the buyer and the seller to instead of follow the Dine Torah, follow the Dine Ha credit card. Meaning, if, if, if the credit card company has rules about how this works, that when you place an order and how tax gets charged, so it could be that when, you, when the store has an agreement with the company to use that credit card, to accept that credit card, and when you have an agreement with the company to, 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 to get that credit card, it could be that that's understood. And you know, when it comes to Dine Mamanis, two people could agree to do anything. They could agree to be mochel on anything. So there are dine Torah, but dine, but dine Torah about dine mamnus is always nitzel nemchila. It could always, it could always be nimchal. So, uh, but, but again, I don't think that's the case over here. I think you would still say, and you would not assume that there is an implicit uh, understanding. I think when two Jews do business with each other and they happen to choose to pay with a credit card, it's viewed as an entirely separate transaction. You paid... Um, with the money you borrowed from the credit card company, and now you owe that you're in debt for the credit card company. So I, I, I told the guy I'm also mechaver that he's gonna have to, he's 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 out the forty dollars. He's got to pay the full the full amount. He was not happy. Yeah. Um, can, can that person then demand that all the neighbors chip in that extra two dollars per person? I mean, what he have to pay all the So the. It's it's hard to say that you could demand that they could pay because what do you mean they 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 didn't do anything wrong they did exactly as they were told to do they were asked for twenty dollars and they you know I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's right to come back you know a few months later and have everyone chip in another couple of bucks I don't think that's right you, you swallow the forty dollar loss it's okay it'll be okay they'll they'll still have food probably to eat. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's move on to question number three. The uh, the the case of the uh, of the the uh, the, store, the office manager that ordered all these all these things. So um, I found this this shaila, um, a very similar shaila, almost came out the same shaila in the Sefer Mesh of Baalacha. In fact, numbers two and three, even though these were in fact real shailas, I found them both in the Sefer Mesh of Baalacha. So in the Sefer Mesh of Baalacha, I think I mentioned it last week. The Sefer. He suggests that there are three madrigas over here, that it depends on, on what the exact relationship was when the store manager was hired and what his relationship was with the company that he was hired by. He says, if from the beginning of the whole ASEC, the Balabais never told the Mocher, the, uh, the, 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 the um, promotional company, that if this guy uh, makes an order uh, that you should give it to him and then I'll pay for it, it's just that the, 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 the promotional company just took him at his word. I mean, they got a phone call one day. Hi, I'm the office manager for so-and-so. 
and they said, okay, great, and they just took him at his word, and they, but they never actually spoke to the owner. The owner never said, this is my office manager, listen to him. They just you know, took him at his word, and, uh, they, and, and therefore they assumed that he was doing it, and that he's not lying, and that's how it went for 10 years, that they were working with the assumption that he, was, that he wasn't lying. So, and then after he's already been, uh, been fired, he does this, uh, this deceitful thing, this devious thing. So he says, then the Balabais is part from paying, and the Mocher has no tainas. The, uh, the promotional company has no tainas. Um, I mean, he, he could have tainas, but he has no right to any money. Why, why didn't you tell me that you fired him? He can't say, why didn't you tell me you fired him? I never told you I hired him. So how could I tell you that I, that I fired him? Ah, so maybe he was, uh, or the fact that he was using a credit, uh, you know, a credit card from the company or something like that, or the or checks, check or and, and the owner is right, and the owner had it. So then you know that it was for sure a shliach. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. He says that that it, that it could be that this would have a din of a shliach sha'aso be'edim, that a shliach that was made by Edim. I guess he's saying that's a similar svara. He's saying, what, what do you mean made by Edim? I never had Edim when I, when I hired him to be my shliach. No, but it's Muforsim V'yodua Lakal that he's the office manager and he takes care of all the things like this. So he's the Balabas, meaning he, he takes care of everything for the Balabas. And the Mocher knew that he's the shliach of the Balabas and the Balabas knew that he was being Kona Bishlichuso. So meaning they, they, they did know that. And he still thinks it doesn't make a difference. Meaning they, they have that assumption. And he says... But so long as he's working for me, it's as if I told the 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 promotional company, give it to my shliach. That's what the shach writes in Chosh Mishpat. Then he says, if I make a shliach with Edim to collect the debt for me, so I send the shliach, go do me a favor, collect the debt that this guy owes me, that Ruven owes me. And then I'm mevatel the shlichus, and the lovet doesn't know that I was mevatel the shlichus. So he gives the money to this guy, but this guy is not authorized. Machaber says the love is potter because he had he didn't have any reason to believe that the shlichus was potter. He had no reason to, to think that this guy is no longer working for his former employer. Says the Rama Yeshomrim Dechayu. That some say that no, you are chayiv, and the Ramah paskins that way. That he that once the shlichus was batel, the lovet never should have given the money. The promotional company never should have given the the products to this person once the shlichus was ready batel. So what you have is a machlokas mechaber and Rama. Says the shach, even though I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, says the shach. I think Allah is like the mechaber over here. That I that uh, that that I had no idea that the shlichus was was batel. I had no way to know that the shlichus was batel. When you fire somebody, you don't call up everyone you ever had a relationship with, a business relationship with, and tell them that the person is fired. That's not it's not uh, that's not that's not what happens. So the 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 guy had no way of knowing that this office manager was fired, and therefore the promotional company is not on the the hook. But then says the shach and sifkat nezayin. That Kolze who Rakim Ashliach Gamkin Lo Yada Shamalve Bitlu Oz Hamaos Hemba Achrais Hamalve. That's only if the Shliach also didn't realize that the Malve was Mavatal Shlichus. That's when we're going to say the promotional company's off the hook. 
if even the shliach didn't know that he's been fired. But if the shliach knew that he was fired, and he and he takes the money anyway, he, he makes the order from the promotional company anyway, then the promotional company's on the hook. Now, why? Why in the world would that make a difference? Meaning, from the perspective of the promotional company, from the perspective of the balabas of the of the business, what difference does it make whether the shliach knows that he's that he's fired or not? Either way, either way, the pro, let's say from the perspective of the promotional company, either way, I had no way of knowing he was fired. Whether he knew or he didn't know, whether he's a stammer Russia who's trying to take advantage, or he's uh, an innocent guy who had no idea that he was fired and really thought he was acting on behalf of the on behalf of the Balabas, what difference does it make? So what he suggests over here in the same formation of Allahha is he says that maybe the far is like this that the Kamoda Amrinan, well, he says, Al Korksarklam Biradvarm, we have to say this as follows. The fact that the, the promotional company had no idea that the, that the, that the Balabas was in the Shlichus, that's not, a ta- that's not a reason to pater him from paying again. Because w- w- why does the Malva care? Why does the, the Balabas care that it's not your fault? It's not my fault either. Meaning, <laughs> because it's not your fault, that means I have to be out the money? It, it wasn't my fault either from the Malva's pr- perspective. And, you know, so I, I, di- I didn't pay, I don't have to pay. But, no, we say that the cause of the onus of the lova was, was bahagramas ha-malva. It was, it was the malva's fault that the, that the lova didn't know what was going on. So that's why we're misyaches the hefsid to the malva. We say that it was his fault, but if the malva told the shliach that he was mevatal him, then we can't blame the malva for the problem anymore. Meaning, let's say like this. Let's say this office manager, um, the, the malva... Had the let's stop using the word Malvin. The company had uh, had this office manager going out to go buy to go buy these promotional products, and uh, they left a note on his desk. You've been fired, or they called his house and they told his wife. By the way, your husband's fired. Please let him know next time you speak to him. And he had no idea yet at the time that he bought these items that he was fired. So whose fault is it that the promotional company is filling an order for someone who's no longer an employee? Well, it's clearly the company's fault in that case. When it's the company's when it's the company's fault, so then the 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 uh, the promotional company is not going to be on the on the hook for that. But as soon as it's not the company's fault, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. As soon as it's no longer the company's fault and there's someone else to blame, well then you're not going to say that the promotional company is off the hook because why should the company have to lose? So how do you make it that it's not the company's fault at all? They fired this guy. They told him he's fired. It's his own rishos that he went and he ordered it anyway. So since it was his own act of rishos that he ordered it anyway, it's his fault. So it's not the company's fault, it's not the promotional company's fault. Once it's not the company's fault, the company is not going to be responsible. That's what the shach is saying. And he says he thinks Allah is like the shach in that case, that the company, this is considered a shliach shaso be'edim, that it was appointed shliach be'edim, where we would pass like the shach in that case. But then he goes a step further and he says, that if the original deal, when he was hired, was that the Balabais told the promotional company, this is my office manager, whenever he orders anything on my behalf, give him the schara, and that's how this relationship started. So then, the, uh, as, as long as the Balabais was never mevatal that, and never, said, never t- informed them that, 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 uh, that the person was fired, the Balabais is going to have to pay 
the company will have to pay for it because once the the din of being of the malva being vatal the shliach is is uh, is the the idea that that uh, that we just looked at it not be his fault. That's only if he didn't actually uh, uh, um, he didn't actually communicate all of that detail to the company. And then he says, and then the third level. Im amar abalabais b'tchilas ha'esek b'derek klal sheitin scharu pi pakashas poali that. You know, take when my workers, when my employees call you, fill the order, or give 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 the schara to this guy, my worker. Uh, so you make it tully not on the person. He made it tully on the fact that he works for me. That is that he's an employee. So he says, "Az tully sheim apol hismin schara miyad achar shapatr meavadaso kodem shayev shariyos shivadal mocher." Oh, when you fire a guy, the nice thing to do, the mental thing to do is. Let him be the first to know that he's fired. You don't want to tell everybody else. You know, all the people that he has relationships, oh, why are you calling me? I thought you're not working there anymore. What? I'm not working here anymore? I remember I was in, in the teacher's room once in, in a school, and, uh, <laughs> and there was, a, uh, there was a, a history teacher that had been teaching there for... He was a terrible teacher. <laughs> he was an awful teacher. But he'd been teaching there because they couldn't find anyone else for a while. And, um, and it was at the end of the year... And he's looking at the classified ads in the paper. And, and he says, Hey, why does it say that this school is looking for a new teacher? Because he was, they were going to stick with him if they couldn't find anybody. Eventually they, they found someone else. He was, but uh, yeah, but it's, not, it's not nice to have to find out that way. So you wouldn't call every, all, the, all the people you have relationships with right away. You, you have to give... So let's say this guy, he was so angry, the second they fired him, right away, speed dial, called the pro show company, I'd like to order 10 million stress balls, please, or something like that. So then you can't blame the company, then they're not going to be on the hook for it. But if there was a reasonable amount of time that uh, they could have informed who is and is not an employee anymore, especially someone who has the rights to be able to place orders like that and to sign for all the orders and had you know, access to the checkbook and with the stamp of the boss's name or whatever was able to, to, to do that, then they really, it's their responsibility to, uh, to share it with other people, that's, that's to share it with the other companies. That's what he, that's what he suggested. Maybe we'll just spend um, two or three minutes on the other one, then I'm going to have to go. Try to catch this chasna, but the the other the other shaila. It's hard to spend two or three minutes on this shaila. But let, let me let's just at least phrase what the issues are, frame what the issues are, because I only mentioned one issue. The the, the other shaila is buying remember, buying uh, uh, chovos. That uh, there's a bank that's owed that that has uh, lent lots and lots of money, mortgages, and they have uh, they have hundreds of people that owe them that owe them money. They don't want to have to go after each of these people individually, so they sell a, uh, a bundle of loans, 200 loans, to someone else who's going to be a collection company who's going to go after it, and they, they just buy the loans off of the bank. So they want to know, in New York, are you allowed to buy, uh, you know, you go to Uzbekistan or something and you do it there, so probably you can rely that they're all Gaim or something. I don't know what's in Uzbekistan, but you go, you go wherever, you can rely probably that they're, that they're all Gaim. But in New York, can you rely that they're all Gaim, or is there a problem of ribbis? So that's one issue, is the ribbis, that there's got to be a Jew in the bunch. And not only there's got to be a Jew in the bunch, in some cases, in many of these cases, you could say, I was asked, Shiloh, a guy who told me that all he got, he didn't even get names of, of, of people on the loans. He just got numbers, which I don't even know how that works. But if you get actual names, so you see, there's a Greenberg, and there's a Goldberg, and there's a, you know, there, there, there's a, there are all these uh, Jewish names. And that, so, so <laughs> now it sounds like you really have an issue of, of ribbis. Then you have another problem, that a lot of times you're going after people who don't have the money. 
you'll see a little kenosha. You're not allowed to go after someone who doesn't have the money. You can't uh, chop with someone who doesn't have the money. You have to, if, he, if, he, if, if he has the money, he's obligated to pay you, and you can go after him. So maybe you have to worry about that. Then you have a third problem, that there's a takanas vad dalit aratzos. There's a takana of a kadmonim, not to purchase chovos that a Jew is chayef to a guy, even if there's no ribis on it. That if a Jew is chayef to a guy, not to purchase such chovos. And then you have a fourth problem, that um, well, if what if they don't pay? Then what do you do? You're gonna have to sue them. So previously it would have been the bank that sued them. Now it's gonna be a Jew that's suing them. So you can end up going to Arakogs. You can end up going to uh, to sue them in court. So is that a problem? So or would you have to go to Basin? But then right, you're not gonna get your money. So I mean, it's, it's not gonna they'll come up with the pshat or whatever. But like to, on, on this scale, it would be impossible to go to a Basin. So uh, the truth is, Basin will probably tell you to go to Arakogs in this case. They'll probably give a head to Arakogs in this case. But uh, but th- that those are the the four issues that that have to be dealt with. To, to make a long story short, um, the ribis problem, l'chora, uh, he, su- he, he suggests again in the Sefer Meshav Ba'alacha that uh, you can go basarov. Each time you're collecting, you go basarov. Rov, rov of the people are not are not Jews, and you can follow a rov each time. That's quite a fetish, I think, because uh, if you're going basarov, but you know for sure that in the mix there's someone that is a Jew. So like can you trade, just like trade me, just like um, Yavish, Yavish, uh, Yavish, right? Yavish, so do you say they hear the th- the like the, the right? Right, the so Rishon and what, what you do when the rov is not is, is not Jewish, or you assume because of the rov of the tzias of the population? Yeah, I think you could assume the rov. Uh, you, you don't know for sure. So he says, and even if they have a name like Friedman or Greenwald, he writes, um, still, and most people with that name are Jewish. It's probably questionable at this point in uh, America with all the intermarriage, but most people by, the, by that with those names are Jewish. He says, if, since you don't know whether the Shomer Torah mitzvos and the overwhelming majority are not Shomer Torah mitzvos, and it's not Ribis Ksutsa Daraisa, it's if you, as long as you could say it's not Ribis Ksutsa Daraisa, so then he thinks he could be Mekel based on based on that. So that's a step further. Shach writes in Kufrim Tesef Katnvav and Kesef that a Tinuk Shnishba who lives amongst Jews. Um, he leaves it as a tzarachim dina, whether he has a din of a tinuk shnishpa, whether he has a din of a, of a min, of chorus. So if he has a din of a, of, 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 of a min, he has a din of someone who's, uh, who's, 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 um, who's not, not a Shomer Torah mitzvah at all, so then you're allowed to charge him the, the, the ribbis midrabanan. So certainly if it's a suffix midrabanan, he thinks he can follow the suffix midrabanan. But he says the eitzah tova is, to avoid all suffix, is to make a tenai with the company. That any chovos of a Jew, you're not buying those chovos from the company. You are just authorized by the company to collect those chovos for the company, and your salary for collecting those chovos for the company is whatever the interest payment is. <laughs> sounds a little. I don't know, I don't know much about chashmish, but I don't know. That sounds a little. What happens when you have to take the house? That you're doing that for the company, you're the shliach of the of the original banks. You're, um, as far as you, you don't know whether about uh, that you're not allowed to pressure someone who doesn't have money, he said that's that's almost never shaykh nowadays. Because what does it mean you're not allowed to pressure someone who doesn't have money? It means he doesn't have anything. If a guy has even enough for mizonos banavu beso, the the chovos come before that. 
Mizonos Hatzmah doesn't, but if he has dishes and cups and whatever he's got in his house, a bed, or beds, extra beds, whatever he's got in his house, all of that is, is Meshubad. So it's very rare that the guy doesn't have any money at all. Certainly if you're dealing with a credit card debt or something like that, it's rare that he doesn't have any money at all to, to pay that off. Um, as far as the Takanas Dalarasa, it says no one's makbid for that at all. It's not knowing the Zmanas at all. And as far as the, uh, um, the, the Brigham Tarkos, he says, since it's a, it's, it's a, we could rely on the rove again, that there's no Isarkos. And again, I think probably even if you went to a basin, they would probably give a Hetarkos in this kind of case. Uh, we really rushed through that. I apologize about that, but I got to run. So have a good shot, everybody. Yeah.